1: <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com/justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com/justbreakup50 to get 50% off.
0: Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMulder.
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is wondering if she wants to get married. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners.
0: No, we're not. We're not professionals. We are not trained in this. We are only here to offer our humble musings... hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing experience that is love. So please take our advice as you see fit. Mm -hmm. Sam, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. today's check-in topic is a really good one, particularly for me because I'm an artist, (laughs) (laughs) but it's inspired by, it's inspired by a letter writer whose name is bittersweet songwriter, whose pronouns are she, her, and they, them. And, um, they were writing to us from the top one percent of Phoebe Bridgers listeners, or Brooklyn, New York. Same difference.
1: Oh sure, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I I'm love not going to Phoebe their Bridgers whole is letters. just like I write sad songs. Like I'm, I, I. She's like I. That's That, is, brand. The, that is my genre. Yeah. <laughs> she's like I'm not going to do anything different. I'm just going to keep yeah. writing sad songs. And I'm like, great, do that. I I love yeah. your sad songs, Phoebe.
0: There is a market for it.
1: <laughs> Let me tell absolutely. you. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>
0: Um, okay, so I'm not going to get into their whole letter. We're just um, stealing the basic, we're just stealing the basic question from it to use as our check-in topic. But basically, sh- this person is out of a relationship and um, like well out of it, and is using music to process their feelings. And they're feeling really, really inspired. And they wrote a ton of songs about their ex and. All of a sudden, despite feeling really inspired and excited and going to put out like a new EP soon, they're feeling like a sense of wrongness or guilt about writing these songs about their ex, um, and the paragraph from the letter reads, why does it feel so wrong? I don't want it to seem like she was the bad guy in my music because I'm honestly probably the bad guy in her story. We both hurt each other and weren't meant for each other, but it's not like I'm using her name in the songs. I just... But it's not like I'm using her name in the songs. I know other artists write from experience. So why can't I pardon myself to do the same? What if she hears it and unblacks me and tells me that she hates me for writing music about her? It's me writing about how I felt. And honestly, I didn't just use my emotions from our relationship, but others where I felt the same way. So general question is like, are we allowed to use the stories of our exes? In artistic means, or like use them as creative fodder, and where are the boundaries of like or morality in that? And the letter writer went on to point out that, like, I probably especially relate to this being a poet and a writer, and I totally do. And then (laughs) as Sam and I were, were prepping for this episode, they were like, you also relate to it because you have had songs written about you <laughs> and pro- and poems for sure.
1: And poems. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Like yeah. lots of different ways that you've shown up in other people's art.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but before I dive into my very um, storied experience with writing about, you know, exes, uh, what is your instinct as somebody who doesn't, you know, emote creatively in this, in yeah. that same way? Yeah. What do you think?
1: I think that people have the right to tell their own story. Right. So like, you know, you should use experiences that you've had, including relationships that you've had in uh, in your art. Like, I think that you're definitely entitled to doing that. And like people have made bank off of that. Right. Like, look at look at Taylor Swift talking about all of her heartbreak and and. And the ways in which she's used that to, like, leverage it into a very successful career, Um, not just because of that, obviously, she's also very talented in lots of other ways. But um, I think that, like, I think that it's hard to create art without drawing on your own experiences, and it's hard to not draw on experiences that you've had with other people. Um, Yeah, and in some of those cases, right, like it's going to be an incomplete story inherently because it's only from one person's perspective. And obviously things are much more nuanced than that. But it. I think that people should be allowed to tell their own stories. And I also think that, like, as you're thinking about creating art about other people, and I say this as somebody who doesn't create art, right? Yeah. Like I do think that there is an important aspect of like how are you considering how you're telling the story and how are you considering like that the other person might have a different perspective on it. Right. Like I think that there's a difference between being like, I'm writing a song about my experience in this relationship versus like, I'm writing a song to bring this person down or like to disparage them to other people. You know what I mean? Right. And even still like, Distracts are distracts too right like and I, I i sometimes people deserve them right like I'm, I'm also sort of holding that as well but i think this is like again one of those moments where we have to remember that the people who we create art about the people who we you know uh, you know receive art about are also people right like yes. we're not just like this we're not just elements in other people's stories we are also like people with rich experiences and and things that are like bringing us into places and and as somebody who's never written art about somebody that has ever been like published or like out there in the world uh who but who also has a podcast where i talk a lot about my own experience and about the people who are Mm. part Mm. of those experiences right i i do try and be mindful of the fact that like my exes deserve for me to try and at least tell part of the whole story and not just like this person is terrible. Although sometimes I still do that, so <laughs> that's a little <laughs> hypocritical.
0: <laughs> I do what feel about like we've you? I, you have well somebody.
1: <laughs> I think so. You are actually somebody who has like written about people slash been written about. So I feel yeah. like you have the better perspective on this.
0: Well, let me ask you one more thing before I give my two cents. Um, how would it feel? How how would you emotionally process through somebody writing a song about you or somebody writing a short story about your relationship or somebody hosting a podcast and talking about their experience dating you, you know, like how would you, what would come up for you and how would you work through that? I guess.
1: I think it would be different if they like named me versus like, just talked about me you know what i but mean even Where if they it's like, just
0: talked about you and didn't yeah that's a great point but even let's say they don't say sam blackwell but they say like i dated somebody and they treated me this way and i felt this way and i'm sure that they have parent issues or, you know what i mean like
1: <laughs> all those things are right so i don't <laughs> You know know. what I mean though? uh, Like,
0: well, you know, they got a little dirty with it, or like they got into the grit of your relationship without naming you. You know, I think that would make me feel insecure or it it would trigger something in me.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, like I think if somebody was like, you know, this person's a narcissist, like this person treated me poorly, like that wouldn't bother me as much because I'd be like, sure. Like I can, I can see a world in which like my actions felt like that to you. Right. Like, and I, and I feel remorse that you felt that way in it. Yeah. Uh, But I think like, if they were like, this person is like ugly or like, you know, this person is like uh, a dick to all of their friends or like whatever it might be, like that might feel a little bit different because it's not it's not situated in their own experience of it. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Where it's like,
0: you're also very good at being in your head and like processing, processing things, you know?
1: Yeah. And not everyone has to like me. That's fine. Right. Like, and people can have bad experiences of me, like for sure. Right. I have bad experiences of people who probably don't deserve it. Right. Like, but it's just because of the way in which our paths crossed that like, they read to me as like a jackass. Um, Yeah. But I think like making disparaging comments about me that are like not objectively true. Like that would be a challenge for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think what you're saying is at the heart of what my experiences or heart is or where my heart is, is that like it can be really challenging to sit in the discomfort that not everybody has to like us, that, people are walking around right now with an experience of me, um, that I might not be proud of or relate to or whatnot. Um, and at the end of the day, I just have to take a deep breath and say, that's okay. That's okay for people to, to have differing feelings about me. Um, it's okay for me to have done poorly and now I'm, I'm doing better, you know, and from Mm -hmm. the, so that's how I respond to like having artwork created about me honestly the nice artwork you know like the the love songs after i mean what are we talking how many years now (laughs) the love songs are are flattering at best and questionable (laughs) at worst you know what i mean like they don't do anything to my life except for make me like to cock my head to the side um but uh yeah, I think it would be challenging for me if somebody wrote like a shit-talking poem about me and the way I treated them, but I would have to sit in that discomfort and be like um everybody's allowed to have to write their story and their story is going to be inherently different than mine and their understanding of me is going to be different than mine. Now as an artist, as a writer, as somebody who has like an entire book about a a terrible relationship that I was in and the unraveling of that relationship and the healing process, like writing that book was so cathartic for me. And not Mm. only that, I've, I've heard from so many people who use that book as sort of their blueprint to their healing through a abusive relationship or whatnot. I, I know now more than ever in my life that we need other people's stories we need to see ourselves in other people's art and and creativity and that representation helps us feel less alone helps us put words to experiences that we might not have yet so I try to remember that when I am writing about my own personal experience I also do sincerely more than ever in my life now I do what Sam said which is like I try to think about what am I putting out there and how much of it can I claim as solely my mine, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. am I being am I writing about a tricky situation or a personal situation in a way that is ethical to me and what I can stand by, if that makes sense? Like I know this is true. I know this happened. Somebody might say that it happened in a different way, but this is how I remember it. So I can claim that I try to remember that because in all of my writing classes that I've taught over the years, lots of people ask, like, how do you write such personal things and how do you navigate the emotions of other people that you might be writing about? and it's tricky, and it's different per person. You know, they're like I don't think that my ex, that I wrote that book about, has ever seen that book. And if they have, they are so far removed from my life that I, I will never know. And I, and right. they can just deal with that. <laughs> um, and uh, I know that I wrote that book um, as ethically as I could, and as as true to my experience as I could. Um, and then there's an, other circumstances where like maybe, you know, this person's still in your life. So you have to write in such a way that protects you um, and protects your safety or your peace or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I always think about the fact that Adele uh, said that, you know, famously said that she wrote the, her Someone Like You song imagining um running into her ex in the future so she Mm -hmm. she tapped into the emotions she had but she created this sort of fantasy or future world that she could write about um and i kind of do that when i maybe can't write about the the thing that's happening here in the now um anyway not to make this into a writing lesson but um it's different how about this you can't ever say you can write about whatever you want and you can't mm-hmm. ever say you can't write about your experience because it'll hurt other people. Like it, it has to be a negotiation at all times. More likely than not, I, I would say write the poem, write the song, write the story um, and see and see what comes of it, because um, it's the cathartic nature of expelling that story or getting it out or exploring it. Um, That is truly what is what the purpose is, not the sharing, Mm -hmm. I guess.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think like most things, it's it's really nuanced um, and and there's no really like clear answer about um, about what you can do and what you can't do. Uh, But in most things, right. It can be helpful to remember that even the people who have treated us poorly are humans, right? Who have lots of things that led them to do the things that they're doing. And are we, when we're creating art or talking about them, even, you know, like telling stories about them to friends or loved ones, like, are we holding that humanity even in the pain that we might have experienced from them? Um, And that's like easier said than done. But at least that's been my sort of guiding principle as I have you know, done this podcast over the last five years and like learned a lot from lots of people about all of the different reasons why they do all of the different things that they do. Um, and, and holding people's humanity has become something that is like sort of the central driver for me. So yeah. I don't know if that's going to work for everyone, but it has helped me figure out like, as somebody who talks to a large group of people every week, like how am I making sure to to do that in a way that is not, um, out of alignment with the values that I have around, around remembering that people are complicated and, and messy and all of that good stuff.
0: Yeah, totally. All right. We hope this helps to our letter writer and to anybody out there who is looking for permission to write their stories. I say, go ahead, but write with humanity for yourself and others.
1: All right, let's get into our letter. So our letter today comes from Barbie Handler, whose pronouns are she, her, and they, them, who's writing from Barbie Land. Dear Sam and Sierra, how do I know if marriage is right for me? My partner, we'll say Ken, he, him, and I have been together for almost two years and we have been best friends for nearly four. I love my partnership. He's my kindred spirit. We find joy in the same things. We communicate well. We work through issues with gentleness and eagerness to understand the other. We check in on our relationship health regularly, encourage each other's personal growth, and take tender care of each other. I never feel like I am carrying out disproportionate emotional, psychological, or domestic labor. The issue is he wants to get married, and I don't know if I want to. Up until recently, I thought we were on the same page about this, but he's changed his mind. There is nothing about Ken as a person or about our relationship that makes me skeptical. In fact, my deepest fear is that we'll get married and he'll suddenly turn into a regular shitty guy like so many regular shitty husbands there are out there. I'm scared of being stuck in an abusive relationship like I was in a previous relationship despite Ken never giving a hint of abusive behavior. In fact, the love and respect I receive in my relationship with Ken is what forced me to confront how horrible my past relationship really was and prompted the healing I was avoiding while single. Another worry is feeling less connected to the queer community if I marry a cis man. I already feel like an outsider just dating a man. I can only imagine how much more the biphobia worsens once you marry. An additional layer to this is that we are an interracial and intercultural couple, Not getting married would be a huge issue for his family, especially his mom, who he cares about very much. And as his white partner, I don't feel like it's something I can push on him because it's an aspect of his experience I can't relate to. I don't want to lose my beautiful, fulfilling, life-giving, loving relationship, and I don't want to lose myself either. I'd love to hear how you both came to the conclusion that marriage was right for you, because ideally I would love to have a forever partner. I would love to believe that it's possible, but I don't. I know there is nothing wrong with not wanting to be married, but I want to make sure I have seriously and as fearlessly as possible considered it before deciding against it. I would love to hear if you had anxiety around marriage, if it felt like a natural progression, both or neither. Thank you for hearing me. Compet Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I missed the final That's sign funny. off when I read this letter for the first time.
0: <laughs> That's clever. All right, my darling, thank you so much for writing and trusting us with this question. Yeah, I think this is a great question about marriage. And of course, I mean, I'm speaking for Sam as well, but like, I, I think of course we had these big questions and thoughts and hesitations, um, maybe to different degrees, but it is a big deal. And it, I I think especially in this day and age when marriage is not quite the compulsory next step, you know, where we're starting Mm -hmm. to question that relationship escalator. um, There is this growing um, misconception about it, I guess, that it's like um, it's a trap, (laughs) you know, that it's like (laughs) it's like a societal, you know cage for us to enter into willingly Mm. or or whatever Um, and don't get me wrong the history of marriage is questionable at best Um,
1: that is really true
0: (laughs) but yes so we will uh, dive into these big feelings that you are of course having uh, very understandable um, and hopefully give you some more perspective on ways to approach this these thoughts but first we're going to take a very quick break
1: Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash justbreakup for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q u slash justbreakup to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash justbreakup.
0: All right, head and heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame
1: Use the middle person. <laughs> just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do.
0: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just That's RocketMoney.com slash just RocketMoney.com slash just All
1: right everyone, welcome back. Um So, Barbie, to answer your question about my feelings around marriage, I will tell you that for probably the first 29 years of my life, I was like, I don't think I will get married. (laughs) Like, I was like, especially in my, like, 20s, I was like, this is not for me. It's not interesting. Obviously, for a long time, I couldn't get married, (laughs) given Mm. the gender of the people that I was interested in. Um, And, like, it... There were lots of reasons why I didn't want to. It felt like, why do we need to, you know, have the justification of our relationship from the state, right? Like the institution of marriage, like Sierra said, is deeply problematic in a lot of different ways. You know, like, I don't want to be tied down to anything. Um, And then once I started dating Peter, I still was like, hey, just so you know, we're never getting married. Uh, even though I knew that he really wanted to uh, and, and when then, you proposed he was like what
0: what what yeah, he was literally like
1: what um he was very confused um and then I sort of looked at it a little bit differently right I was I was with a person who I was like, I don't foresee not being with this person." Anytime soon, right? Like I don't envision us breaking up in the next like six months or whatever. Like I think that this is a person that I'm going to spend, if not the rest of my life with, then like a really good chunk of time with. So uh, why not do this thing for a couple of reasons? One was like purely logistical. I was like, listen, if we get married, then literally the state of Minnesota just like gives us money off of our taxes. (laughs) Like they just do uh, which is really Sam great
0: blackwell in their head
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely just like for sure uh and also like you know being marriage makes or being married makes a lot of the things that i yes. would want to do around our connection to each other much easier because it's just yep. assumed buy a house that, absolutely so like it made it easier to buy a house it made it easier for us to get health insurance m- you know start bank accounts together right like all of the different things that may have been a hassle if we were just in the eyes of the law roommates. Um, but instead being like, no, it's actually, you know, I'm guaranteed now if Peter gets into a a car accident and is in the hospital to be able to go into that hospital room without having to like jump through any hoops, right? Like we are in the eyes of lots of different institutions seen as a legitimate couple, which is stupid to be clear, but also like very pragmatic, right? Like, let's do this thing so that we, we, you know, like this isn't the hill I'm going to die on. And right. I'm just going to do this thing. And secondly, I wanted an opportunity to celebrate our love. (laughs) Like I wanted to be together with all of my friends and say like, you know, I can't guarantee that we're going to be together for forever for sure. Uh, But like we are committed to each other. Like we are taking a really intentional step to say like, we are going to build a life together intentionally. We already had yep. been doing it, but this was kind of like a, Hey, let y- we want y'all to see this. We want you to celebrate it. We want to, to like have this moment where we say like, isn't it wonderful that Peter and I have found each other and that we want to spend the rest of our lives together, obviously recognizing that things can change. Um, and so like my perception of marriage got just shifted because it became both practical and, and, like, affirming of something that I wanted to be affirmed in a important way. And yeah. obviously that's not true for everyone, but, like, that is... That's my transition from being literally somebody who is like, I will never get married because I think the institution is bogus to being like, well, (laughs) it's still bogus, but also like there are some things about it that I want to, (laughs) that I want to take from it. Right. Like I want to try and take the good and recognize that the bad is still out there, but that I get to have some choice over which parts of it are going to, I'm going to take to, to validate and to affirm and to celebrate my relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And thus far, you've loved it, correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's the same as dating, <laughs> at least, yeah. uh, except for, like, that tax write-off uh, and the fact yeah. that it's, like, easier to do things together. We'll see yeah. what happens if we ever break up, because, like, let I me mean, I've heard that I've divorce heard is, yeah. is not great.
0: <laughs> no. No. Um, for me, uh, before we get into actual advice for our Compat Barbie, Barbie, um, for me, I think that I could... I could always see myself getting married. I just didn't always know what the surety would feel like, you know? I remember I had a a long-term, wonderful partner prior to Willow, and it was just assumed that we would get married. And I just, like, sort of went along with that because I liked that person, (laughs) you know, and could see a life with him, but also didn't feel... um intense enthusiasm about it. I felt like excited in the escalator way of like, okay, now I'll be a legitimate adult who gets married and has, have babies. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, so I could always see marriage as an option for me, but I didn't really feel it was a relatively easy decision for me with Willow. Whereas like in the past, if it was brought up, it was kind of like more of a subconscious, like sure sort of thing. (laughs) Um, I will say that what marriage have, has brought to me and like what I would be considering you know, you know what I would consider in your shoes and and it sounds like I don't know how similar we are in terms of our personalities but like marriage has been a really wonderful place for me to grow in because um I feel as though the the stated commitment helps my anxiety relax into a more healthy, secure, growing self. Like, I think the fact it sounds silly, but like the symbolism of marriage is more powerful to me than the promise to be together forever and ever, you know, or like, or the ring or the wedding or, or whatever. It's the, the, it's the idea that Willow would do this for me Mm. that really I have flexed in and leaned on and explored and, and grown in, um, uh, it allows us to, like Sam said, it allows us to move forward and say, we're really building a life together. And this is just a layer of that life. You don't need marriage or, or any sort of, um, you know, piece of paper to move forward in your life together. In my relationship though, it was really, um, it has been a very crucial and beneficial part of our relationship. I, I don't know how else to say it. Just that like, it was a really beautiful thing for us. And it, it not, Willow never thought she was going to get married ever. Never thought it was for her. Never felt drawn to it. And, when she met me, something shifted and we have really enjoyed building our marriage. And then like the alternative word for marriage there is our life together, our, our relationship. <laughs> That's what we're saying when we yep. say that, right? Um, marriage is just like the formal name for it. Um, and I want to say that like you know, to our letter writer, something that helped me um, and will hopefully help you in moving either towards this decision or towards a decision that's more authentic to you is reminding yourself that um, getting married is not about sacrificing agency. It's about exercising it from day to day. Like, you know, we just celebrated our wedding anniversary in July. And I really love to think about the fact that it's it's not something that we are in stagnantly, that I am choosing to continue to grow and heal and expand and nurture this marriage, this relationship, this life together with this person. I am exercising that choice, that agency every day because it's really easy to get married and real and and think like, oh, well, we're married, so we don't have to work on our relationship anymore because we've locked that up. But our United States divorce rates have proven <laughs> that marriage is not a lifelong um, promise, even though that is the, I don't know, societal like surface level goal for me. The goal of my marriage with Willow is to support one another through the ebbs and flows of our years to build and grow a family together to support her goals and to have my goals be supported in return. And to like, the bottom goal is to feel like romantic. (laughs) But also like, (laughs) I feel romantic about her. You know, that is a goal. Like um, the goal isn't to be together forever, although there is so much security and reassurance and comfort in that idea For me, as somebody who was like anxiously attached, I love, I love knowing that she would commit to me in this way. Um, But you have choice, right? I totally understand that you're scared of being stuck in an abusive relationship. You're scared of being stuck at all. Um, But you can tell yourself, like, I always have choice. I have choice to get married. I have choice to leave a marriage, to leave a relationship, to um, change my behavior, change the behavior that I'm accepting. You always have agency. Um, I, I, it totally makes sense why this idea, this structure of marriage is comes with a lot of like, you know, triggering baggage. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but you always have agency, right?
1: Yeah. And like, you know, I think from my experience, like, it's not like I married Peter and then suddenly he became like a slovenly like jerk, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like he was still Peter. Uh, after we got married and like continues to be kind and loving and supportive and all of the things, all of the reasons why I married him. And again, like I totally understand that like in lots of ways, marriage feels like a trap because I think for a long time, it really was a trap for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think um, it's, this is reminding me of that book that I read uh, and talked about like two or three years ago, maybe called the all or nothing marriage by Eli J Finkel, which is like the, the, purpose of marriage has really changed over the course of its existence in our society, right? And for a long time, marriage was about like utility, right? You needed a second person to help you, you know, do the work you needed to do to, to you know, like subsist on the land, right? So you needed, a, you needed a spouse and you needed children to help you do that. And then it sort of pivoted to this like thing about love, right? Where it's like, you need to find somebody to love And then once you fall in love, then you'll get married and you'll be together forever. And I think that like those two iterations of marriage were definitely traps and were definitely probably not great for women in a lot of different ways. Right. Like uh, but now we're in this like different iteration of marriage where it is more about how are we in partnership together, helping us become our best selves and that has sort of changed the way that marriage functions for lots of people in our society. Right. And it it is much less of like you find someone you love them and because you love them, you get married and then you stay together forever. But instead, much more of a how are we supporting each other and doing something that's going to fulfill both of us? Like exactly what Sierra was saying about how her relationship with Willow is about like how are we helping each other become the best people we want to be? Or how are we supporting each other and in our love and and affirmation of each other? And so like, I think that we get to decide what marriage looks like and what, what works about us, about it for us. I want to be clear that like, (laughs) I am not like pro marriage for everyone. (laughs) Like I am definitely like, you just asked us like what our own experiences were. And I'm like (laughs) telling you like what it's been like for me and why it's, why it's working. But also like, I don't I don't care if you get married or not. Like no. I don't think I don't think it's good or bad for you, right? Like I I I want you to make the decision in your relationship that is the best for you and that could include holding your ground and saying like I don't want to get married. That can include getting married and being excited about the prospect of being married, that could be agreeing to get married because you love your partner and you want to do something nice for him, right? Like there's lots of different reasons why we can come into this. And all of those reasons are totally legitimate. As long as they're reasons that feel authentic to you that are in your values that feel right for you. Um, Because like, absolutely. There are perks of being married for sure. And I totally understand the idea of like, I don't want this to be the thing that I have. Right. Like I don't want to participate in the system or I don't want to, to add like legal complications into this relationship. Right. Like I totally understand all of that. Um, and marriage has been really beneficial for me. Like it, it, it has yeah. definitely helped our relationship in really pragmatic ways, in really practical ways. And also because like Having a wedding was fun and it was great. It's, we have great memories of being able to like be around our people and, and yeah. have a good time together.
0: Yeah. I Second second Sam's late caveat, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, Willows, uh, our, uh, some of our closest friends are a couple that have been together for over a decade. They own a house together and it is a yeah. hard and fast They are never going to get married. That is just not for them. That is not uh, in alignment with their values. And they are building a beautiful life together. And they're intentionally working towards a long, sustainable future together, right? This is not like a hard and fast, like, woo, we're together till whatever because we're not married. It's they are doing the the exact same thing I'm doing within my marriage, within their relationship. Again, the word marriage is just this fancy word <laughs> for what we're <laughs> what we are uh, you know embarking on together. Yep. Um yep. but it sounds like you really like this person and it sounds like you're asking us to to tell you all of the things that we like about our marriages. I mean, I can tell you the things that I don't like about it, but it would be like you know, sometimes it's boring. <laughs> But any long-term relationship is boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, because that's life true. can be boring. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say really quickly another thing about the biphobia piece because I think that's really real. Um, but I've been thinking a lot about, like, the biphobia within the queer community. I think that it is losing some of its power, even though it's still obviously very prevalent. Um, and I want to affirm your fears or your concerns while also saying we don't combat biphobia by refusing to be our authentic selves. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. If you are in love with this man and you're a bisexual and you want to get married, I say, go get married. And you have my full bisexual fucking blessing. (laughs) You know what I mean? We don't, we can't combat the the bigotry of something like biphobia by surrendering to it and saying yes everything you said is true all of us fucking you know bi girls are going to marry men one day you know like that's bullshit that is that's just not that's not how we're going to make change we're going to make change by proudly stating I'm bisexual, I'm in a hetero presenting relationship, but this part of me is still very real, you know, whether or not I get married, whether or not I stay with this person, you know, plus like we don't know the fucking genitals of your partner, like the assumptions going on there. I just mean like, I I hope you feel encouraged that while that concern is real because that phobia is prevalent, um, we can't let it take away our truth, you know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. and I and I want you to be able to celebrate your love proudly.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, sense? Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, my darling. I think that it's capable you're capable of moving forward in this relationship on any path that you want, whether that be marriage or just a long term partnership or just seeing where it goes, (laughs) you know, in the next couple Mm -hmm. years, like we all do, you know, nothing is promised to us. Um, We all are on a different path and we can be inspired by other people's stories and we can, you know, create like a map or a blueprint from their stories. But we ultimately we are forging our paths by ourselves and something like marriage doesn't validate your relationship. It doesn't make it more or less real. Um, it just, it has its benefits and it, as it has its hardships, like all relationships out there. So I hope that this at least adds some fodder to your pondering. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and we hope this helps.
1: Absolutely. We love you. Thank you so much for writing. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like more content from us, or if you would like access to ad free episodes, you can support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash just breakup pod.
0: You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at just which is also where you can get our merchandise.
1: Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice.
0: Just Break Up is a production of duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his music and podcasts. And remember, your relationship is real and valid despite what the government knows about it, despite what your (laughs) in-laws think about it, despite um, how it presents out in the world versus how it is uh, when it's just between you and your partners. Um, You are the person who decides what's right for you. And if all else fails.
1: Just break up.